we discover um, things about our family, um, about our past, about our health, it's hard to process. And we, we kind of, um, you know, we really don't know how to react. So I, I really want you to, to share with us, you know, like first, like what prompts you to even do the test? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, uh, it's really interesting because after understanding everything that's happened and reading a lot of other people's stories, why they've done it and what they found out or what their reception was from themselves, from their families, the story is pretty unique in that everybody at the end of the day has like bought into it and is ultimately in a happy situation. You know, what prompts a lot of people to do the tests initially are they're looking for something, you know, they might be adopted. They might know that their mother is their mother, but there's a lot, a large population that do this test just out of pure curiosity, um, which was me. Um, I did the test because 23andMe offers a lot of values on the health aspects of things where Ancestry.com does not. Ancestry.com has a much bigger database of people. So if you're, if you're somebody that's looking for somebody, I would encourage people to actually try Ancestry.com first. But if you're looking for things like health, which I was, I would encourage people to start with 23andMe. Um, and on 23andMe, it was just that, um, did it for fun during the holidays and no reason to think anything different. No, I wasn't looking for anything. Yeah. Um, just pure fun and did the test. It takes, you know, six, eight, 10 weeks to get the results back. And in doing so 23andMe provides, you know, ethnicity results but it also on top of that provides the health. So when I did receive the results, I really wasn't expecting anything on the ethnicity side. I was raised in an Ashkenazi Jewish household. Both parents are from Jewish descent. Right. And wasn't expecting anything, just other than the health. So when I opened the, when I opened the package and it basically tells me that I'm 50% Ashkenazi Jew and 50% British Irish, and by the way, it also tells you that you have a half brother. <laughs> yeah. So before we keep going, um, what was like your first um, reaction? The first reaction to answer your question was, this can't be right. You know, right. your first reaction has got to be, there's got to be some weird false positive, some weird connection that it made that it shouldn't have made. And you try and rationalize that in your head and make assumptions of why it could have done that. Mm -hmm. However, the way this system works, um, it almost works in a sense like a dating site. So when, so when it tells you you have a half brother, it, it lets you connect to that person. So immediately, out of curiosity, I just said, let's connect, let's talk. Almost immediately, this person responded, connected, and says to me, oh yeah, is this news to you? I'm like, what do you, what do you mean is this news to me? Of course this is news to me. Who are you? Um, <laughs> who are you? Who are you? And this person had about a year head start ahead of me because he did his he did his 23 and me had came back with similar results that he wasn't expecting but had a year of researching because unless somebody else does the test it obviously doesn't connect you. So all of a sudden a year later I do the test it tells this other person 
that he now has a half brother that didn't tell him for the prior year. Mm-hmm. And um, we start talking and connecting. And very quickly, those false positive questions start to disappear. Because of all the people in the world that 23andMe could have connected me to, as we started talking and chatting, and it went from online to like a text mm-hmm. message chat. Yeah. Of all the people in the world that this test connects me to, he's about a year younger than I am and was born in the exact same hospital in a small town in upstate New York. So so with that, um, tell us a little bit about like your family. So your, your parents, they met um, in New York, right? So more, or how, how did they meet, like, and, and how did this happen in New York? I know you live in Miami right now. Um, yeah, I mean, my parents met in, after college at some point. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know the whole story off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> I have a brother who's six years older than me that I grew up with my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, we were raised in a little, about an hour outside of New York City um, before moving to Miami when my brother was in high school. I was in elementary school. And um, there were no questions, really. You know, um, my parents got divorced at a young age, but we were all still close. Our aunts and uncles lived close by. Our cousins lived close by. So we have a pretty tight family. And we've had all along. So there wasn't any question of that. Like, <laughs> there was no unhealthy family or un crazy family like everybody else has, you know, but, <laughs> um, but there was no questions for concern, you know, for concern. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was, you know, interesting is once, you know, I got these results, <laughs> almost immediately I asked my mother that night, either that night or the next night, her, her thoughts, because I don't know what she knows and what she doesn't know, because the way the test, the test comes right. out is it does tell you it was a paternal question. So I do know my mother's my mother. I know I'm not adopted. I know there's no concerns from my mother's side. Mm-hmm. Um, so you knew it was, it was a paternal question, but I don't know. You first think that your dad must have had an affair with some other guy's mother. Like mm-hmm. those are the immediate thoughts that go through your mind of, of what could happen. But even, even so, even if my father happened to have an affair, and this kid is my half-brother, it still doesn't uh, answer the ethnicity questions of why I'm half-British-Irish when I should be fully Ashkenazi-Jewish. Right. So there's a lot of what-ifs. So I go to my mother, not knowing what she knows or doesn't know or want to tell me, and I just ask her, hey, mom, if I did this test, don't you think it should be 100% Ashkenazi-Jew? Yeah, of course. Of course. And I said, well, it, it tells me I'm not. It tells me I'm half British Irish. And it also tells you tells me I have this half brother. Mm-hmm. And in a normal person's household, the, the answer should be probably something definitive, right? Like, there's no way, Daniel. You got to do the test again. It's wrong. Can't possibly be right. Well, my mother's answers were, well... You know, we still love you. <laughs> we what, still love you. Thank you. What do you, mean you still love me. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My mother's answers were not very definitive by any means, but yeah. I still didn't push because I don't know what I'm pushing on. 
know, but right, that's right. so interesting that that was that was her reaction. I mean, it, it probably part of it was almost like like a relief maybe from her end. You know, like she had been carrying this well that secret. That's what it turns out. So about about two weeks later, I, I let her sit on this without even texting her, calling her, nothing. And in that time, me and this half brother of mine were communicating mm -hmm. and figuring out a lot of details, like who his parents' gynecologists were, who my mother's gynecologists oh were. Oh my gosh! Pieces together that I could use. I mean, I want to say use against my mother, basically, to like prove, like figure out <laughs> some more information. You're like, um, you're not going to give me an answer. I'm going to find out. <laughs> right. So about two weeks later, she messages me and says, hey, did you ever talk to that guy who you said was your half-brother? And I completely played dumb, and I said, no, there's no way. Why would I? Because it's got to be wrong. Right, of course. And over the course of the conversation, she starts crying, and she's almost begging me to pull something off of her back. Mm -hmm. And I said, there's only a couple of situations where this could work. He had an affair. You had an affair. It doesn't answer the ethnicity issue. Um, but I said, and she said no to all of that. And I said, mom, there's only one real answer. And I said, is there a possibility that I'm the product of sperm donation? Because mm -hmm. by process of elimination, that's the only way it could work. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you're not 15. You're not like confused. You're like, okay, these are the facts. This is what it could possibly be. This is what it could right. do. And, and back then, you know, back then it isn't like it is today. You could say you want a white person, a black person, average height, certain characteristics, and you hope you hope to get what you get. Um, but so finally, I, I asked my mother that question, is there a possibility? And she says, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, mom, it's either, it's either possible or not possible. You either have sperm donation or didn't have sperm donation. Right. So finally, she says, yes, it's possible. And not possible that she did it. Right. Um, and because our father, unfortunately, was not capable of having children, um, they wanted to have children of their own. And she didn't tell me all these years because she was afraid that I would, you know, hate her for not telling me. When <laughs> it was quite different. And, you know, that's part of this conversation is how you, how you receive the information because everything was done out of love. Like, she wanted to have a kid. My father couldn't have children. And my father was so comfortable letting my mother have children, they could have children with a sperm donor. And if you think back, this is not, I was born in 1981. This is all kind of relatively new at the time. Um, so she understands that I'm not mad. I'm not yelling and screaming. I'm really now, I'm really curious. Mm -hmm. But I say to her, um, Mom, if you did this, I have a brother who's six years older than I am. What about him? Wow. The plot thickens. It's so not just Yeah, him too. And at the time, coincidentally, my brother was on his way to my house that night. Oh my God. Because my father was sick at the time and was coming to see my father. He knew a lot of this was going on already, but didn't know this definitive information. So when I picked him up at the airport, he found this all out. Um, <laughs> you just told him in the Yeah, car. basically. Like, you so, just dumped it on him. And, it, and it's, it's crazy. And, you know, to, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but she understood I wasn't mad. She has this giant weight off of her shoulders because think early 80s, late 70s, nobody talked about this kind of thing. There wasn't internet. There wasn't 
all these 23 and me tests. It was very private. Um, yeah. You didn't talk about it because you're, you you don't want to embarrass the man that he can't have a kid. Of course. You know? And and she kind of led him to believe that it could potentially be his as well. So tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about that because I think you you mentioned to me when we were talking earlier there was a process or something that it would do in order to kind of give that hope. I guess. Yeah. So back then, what they did is they mixed the samples together of my father that I grew up with and the donor <laughs> father because it still gives that father a little bit of hope that I could potentially be his child <laughs> because his sample was part of the process. But in the end of the day, there, there, there's no way. Our blood tests didn't match. There's no way I could have been his, his kid, but it gave him hope. And um, so my mother also passes away about three months after this all happens. And so before she passed, she really didn't give me a definitive answer whether my father really knew or not. <laughs> oh, wow. So my father is still sick at the time. And we're not going to tell a sick man that I know I'm definitively not his child. So there's no need. There's no need. Um, because, you know, during this process, we, we totally figured out there's no way. It's not possible. Blood text don't match. There's no way I'm this kid. Um, but so, so, to go back to what you said is, yeah, my mother kept this secret for, well, my brother at the time was 40, 41. So she's basically kept this secret for 41 years. And so is her, her, her sister's. Because my mother has two, two sisters and, and my uncles that are married to them. And they've kept this secret for over 40 years. And these people can't keep secrets for more than five minutes. Normally. And so they all find out that I know. And they're all finally, wow, we can finally tell you now. They've known the secret they're for so years also. I'm sure they're so relieved at that point. It's like. They're so relieved. They all call me and they're like, finally, finally we can tell you. Finally. You know the secrets off everybody's back because there was no there was no need to be you know have this hatred there was no hatred so that's off everybody's back my mother dies a couple months later with this ginormous weight off her back that she finally told us yeah and that we and that we didn't hate her so it's all good and all no mm -hmm. problems because it's all done out of love yeah on, on the flip side of that um to go back a little bit this half brother of mine Who's on this call, by the way? Uh, hi. Hi. <laughs> um, he had this year ahead of me, like I said, and had done all of this research on Ancestry.com. Um, okay. You might be familiar. There's a lot of shows and TV shows now about this genetic genealogy is basically what it's called. And yeah. it's tracing your roots, not through a direct person, but through their relatives, second, third, fourth cousins. Oh, and yeah, you also, me about that. Mm -hmm. you, you also might see like a lot of reports on the news, like that's a way they're finding serial killers from the past, murderers and criminals, not because the, the murderer's blood is in the system, but because his second and third and fourth cousins are in the system. And by mm -hmm. process of elimination, you can find out who the missing person is. So basically, um, he put together this family tree of, I want to say 2,000 people. And basically built up all the first and second and third and fourth cousins uh -huh. and landed on a, a gentleman that he believed was the sperm donor father. Oh my God. He has like a, he needs to like, he needs to like become something from this. Like that's like, no, it's, that's it's like a whole crazy. other career. <laughs> it, it's, 
Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely crazy. Um, oh so he, he texts me or calls me and says, I, th I think I figured out who the father is. Right. I'm going to send him a letter. And in the letter, he basically just said, I know that we're related somehow, mm -hmm. but it's up to you to figure out how. Because he, at this time, he doesn't know what the wife knows. He knows he's married. He knows he has children of his own. Mm -hmm. They don't know what he knows. So he, he doesn't just come right out and say, hey, I know you're my father. Yeah, I mean, it's a little, it's a little hard. They're saying um, we're here. I think they're... Yeah. And it, it's great. And because <laughs> he could have been wrong, too, right? But, but again, of all the people in the world that he figured out who this potential father is, lives 30 minutes from the hospital we were born. Oh my God. So- I mean, they never, they just, they, they were there from, you know, I guess they, they didn't move. They didn't relocate yeah. after after that. That's impressive. Like, yeah. who were they at the time? What what actually prompted them? Yeah, so it was, it was the best of everything. What ended up happening was he sent this letter and put it in his hands. Said, it's up to you to contact me or not contact me. I could be wrong, I could be right, whatever you want to do. Basically contacted him and said he was right, he found him. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the gist of the story is that back in those early, late 70s, early 80s, mm -hmm. the way you basically found sperm donors were typically medical students, um, but in rural areas or not so big cities, mm -hmm. medical students were far and few between. So the way they found donors was because they knew people. They knew people that had families that were clearly fertile, that had children of their own. They knew their health statistics. And it turns out that the gentleman that was, we figured out was the sperm father, his wife worked for a urology office for 40 years. Right, that's um, Give or take. Um, and so while they were there, he had four, well, I think he had two or three kids when they had when they donated, had a kid or two after, but they knew he was fertile. They knew they were healthy. I mean, clearly he's fertile. Um, yeah. So they knew he was healthy, and they asked, "Hey, would you and your husband be willing to donate to help other people have children that can't have children?" So, hundred percent selfless. They said absolutely, but also back then there was a promise of anonymity because these tests didn't exist. They didn't think they would ever be contacted. There was no way of finding out who the donor father was. We're just going to do this and do it a couple times and help people out. And if it works, it works. See, I love that. I love that because like so many people like think, you know, oh, they did it. I mean, in college, many times you hear, oh, people are doing it for the money, right? Or people are just like donating or whatnot, but they knew what they were doing it. They, it and there was like a very, like a love act to, to this donation. And I, I, I love that part, like, especially about your, your story. I mean, and, and finding out that like your dad and his wife, you know, your father and his wife, um, you know, were so kind hearted. On all aspects, it was all out of love. My mom wanted to have a kid. My dad wanted to have a kid. They wanted to donate for other people to have a kid. So it all worked out in a perfect scenario. You know, it's great. They live in, you know, about an hour outside of New York City. My brother that I grew up with lives in upstate New York. This half-brother at the time lived outside of, in, in Connecticut. Um, 
So there was a lot of, you know, mutual, a lot of closeness going on. So when this half brother got the response back from the father saying, yeah, it's me. You found me. Mm-hmm. Since they live so close, they basically agreed to meet you know, like a week later. At that time, once he, once the father admitted that, yes, it's me, he then told his four children that they have together, that they now have two right. other, well, act, actually, that they now have this other half brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so from my understanding, there was like a mix of emotions on their behalf. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, did they but, know? Did they know at all from the beginning that this, they didn't know this, this at is all a position? They, no idea. Does that happen? No, they didn't know at all because they didn't, the father and mother, the donor, didn't know that the test even worked because they could have donated, but doesn't mean it worked. It doesn't mean it, it produced a child. So right. why are they going to tell their children if they don't even know it worked? So there was not even a hypothetical, there was this one time. This nope. is something we did. We don't even know if it happened. Nothing. Nothing. So wow. they told their four children at this point that they now have this other half brother and, and he's going to meet them a couple, like a week or two later. And obviously they're, you know, protective, you know, they think they're, this can't be right. Mm-hmm. We must be trying to scam them out of something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Be figured out. And it, it all comes together that it was all done out of love. So they meet my half brother and the father and during that conversation, he then also says, by the way, it's not just me. I've already contacted another half-brother, that, a donor. Okay, so, so we have just a couple of questions. Um, your brother, your brother who you grew up with, um, same father, same donor, different? Like- so at the time, we didn't know. When all this was happening, wow, um, my okay. mother, the only thing my mother had told us is that she asked for the same donor. But there was no way of guaranteeing that back in that, right. in that generation. Um, she only could give certain specifics of characteristics that she was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't even know. Um, so during this time, my brother had also taken the test, but we hadn't gotten the results back. So since then, we have determined that my brother that I grew up with is only my half-brother, chemically. He's always going to be my brother, full brother. I mean, that doesn't change mm-hmm. anything. At some point in the, in the life cycle of the story, at some point in the 40 years, because if you remember, I mentioned there was like this anonymity that they were promised, but as time progressed, they saw these tests happening and they saw people figuring things out. And at some point they had a discussion between themselves that basically was, if hypothetically somebody comes knocking at our door, what are we going to do? And they what, collectively what said, plan? no, what but they collectively plan? said that we're going to own it. And we are going to admit it because we didn't do anything wrong. We did everything right. to help people. Mm-hmm. And that makes the whole story awesome because th- that it's a very rare story. If you, if you follow some of these other Facebook groups or groups that are out there or follow some of the stories online, there's a lot of like animosity and why mm-hmm. they did it, why they didn't do it, why yep. they hit it. Even if it was done out of love, people get pissed that they were lied to. Well, who gives a shit that you were lied to? Like, it's the reason that it was. And mm-hmm. people have to look past that. I, I um, do think that when people go through this, you know, as a, as a couple, right? When you, when you go through this and, and you make the, the big decision to say, 
you know, we're going to go with a sperm donor or we're going to adopt or whatnot. Like, especially with a sperm donor, I don't know. Like, I feel like nobody's lying to you to hurt you. Yeah. You know, like, well, here's the thing. If they didn't do it, spite or anything. If they didn't do it, this conversation wouldn't exist. I mean, true. Uh, it, it wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't be here. All, all things had to come together, you know, perfectly. Um, and she's on this call. She just is very happy to be here as well. The, the sperm parents. <laughs> um, and, you know, it all was a collection of love that all had to come together to make this work. And so, I lost my train of thought. But... Uh it's fine. It's fine. I think you're getting some really, really beautiful messages here. Lorianne is just sharing, you know, how she could hear the story two more times and is still yeah. with her and it's amazing and beautiful. When you were telling me the story, you could feel the love and the excitement and the happiness that you that you have, you know, like about it. And I just um I just think it's so it's, I don't know, it's just so important to be so like so grateful you know, for it. No, it's great. And I mean, and since then, I mean, af after, after they found out that I existed, they obviously I said, told their children because now all remember now all four of these children of theirs are also my half siblings. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. um, we, we played a little bit of phone tag before connecting. And when I finally connected with my biological father, it was with open arms. The, it, it was like, you know, you, you don't know what to talk about at first. You don't know what the conversation is going to look like, but you're just talking and, and you could just sense like him being emotional because he, he, this is why he did this. And now he feels like now he has not just one more son. He has two more, you know, half sons. Mm -hmm. He has two more full sons. Um, full sons. <laughs> And there was a there was an open arms. If if I wanted to go there for Thanksgiving, it's welcome. If I want to call them once a month, it's welcome. If I don't, that's welcome too. Like whatever I was comfortable with, whatever they were comfortable with, whatever you wanted to do was fine. So we had talked a couple of times here and there, connected through Facebook lightly with the other half siblings and started, you know, pseudo conversations. Cause you're like, what does that look like? Now that you know the story. Now what? Like, how do you, what does the relationship look like in the future? Um, fortunately, you know, they were all open. Uh, one of my sisters contacted me when her and her family were in town and wanted to meet. They were half an hour from the house. Mm -hmm. We met, had a great conversation. We were there for three hours having dinner and having drinks, having some cocktails. That's awesome. It was, it was fantastic. And we, we continued to keep in touch. I was in New York about a little over a year ago, mm -hmm. um, connected with the bio my biological father and his wife, and were able to make a meeting happen between us. And also my half brother was able to join us. So I'm not just meeting my half, my biological father, but I'm also meeting this half brother that kind of made this all happen. Um, and it was great. We literally sat there for three or four hours talking nonsense, just getting to know each other. Um, and it was, it was great. And you can see when we met the three of us, there's no, there's no way we're not his children. 
<laughs> I mean, okay. the, yeah. the, the similarities are immense. Our body types are identical. Facial structure, eye, everybody has the same eyes in the entire family, all of his kids. Um, myself, my half-brother, same eyes. Oh, my I mean, God. There's no way. Um, they've, a couple of them have since done the test as well. Just to kind of say, hey, are these guys legit? <laughs> I got to make sure this is happening for real, guys. Do you and it connected all of us. Not only does it say, it doesn't just say this is a possible relative. It yeah. says this is your brother. This is your yeah. sister. And definitively, this is your father. It doesn't just say this could be a relative. It literally says parental child match. Yeah, no and, and I've gotten, no, not the contents of it, but I've gotten those emails and it's like, you literally just click and it's like, boom, in your face. You know, it's like you have had, you know, you have one first match, you have one second match. And I mean, the moment you click, you're going to get that information. So you better be ready when you're taking these tests. Ready and open. Well, that's know, it. And whatever comes. So, you know, and I have a lot of friends that have done this since, um, whether because of my story or not, but they've done the test. And some people opt, opt in. So when you do the test, you have the option of just finding out your ethnicity, mm -hmm. but you also can opt in to this DNA collaboration. And some people don't want to know. So they opt out of it before they even sign on because mm -hmm. all they're interested in is finding out where they're from. Are they British, Irish, French, Spanish, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, once you opt in, it tells you the world. And there's, yeah. there's enough DNA out there that basically there, it's, there's no way it's wrong. People say, I don't want my DNA out there. I don't want to be connected. Um, the test can't be right. And, and the true story of the thing is there, there's so much DNA in it, like tech, not DNA. There's so much research that's already been done on this subject that when you get your test results back, like me, people are inclined to say, the test is wrong. There's mm -hmm. no way it's right. This, I know that I'm, I was raised Italian, and this test is telling me I'm Spanish. The test is wrong. I guarantee the test is not wrong. If it tells you you're Spanish, you're Spanish. Yeah. And if more and more people do it, it gets a little bit more refined. So some of the things change a little bit, but it's not that it's changing. It's just getting more refined. And... The thing is, people will say, I know I'm Spanish or Italian or whatever because my parents, that's where I was raised. My, I know mm -hmm. my parents are Italian. Well, the, the, the basic concept is DNA doesn't lie. People lie. People lie. Yeah. So and, 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 and they're not doing they're, They might be doing it because they think they're protecting you. They mm -hmm. might be doing it because they're hiding a secret from their own husband that they had an affair. Like there's lots of reasons why they're telling you things that they want to tell you, but it's the test isn't going to lie. The people are going to lie, whether mm -hmm. good or bad. Yeah. Um, so, so you and your dad, I mean, your father, your biological father, when, when you met him or even with your, you know, your, your half siblings, um, do you guys have anything? I mean, I don't know. Do you share any passions? Like, I know you love cooking, you know, you, it's, is that something that maybe you share with them? Is, do you, have you discovered any of these similarities yet? I mean, it's interesting. We, we've all connected. Um, some I've spoken to personally. Some we've just connected through social media or text messaging. Um, 
And that's a difficult question because part of it is, okay, now that you know all these stories, you know it's true, you know that you're actually related, what does the relationship look like going forward? Because now you've got all the, the, the basic story out of the way. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even call my own father that I grew up with every day to talk to him about my day. Hey, Dad, this is what happened today. And everybody has their own relationship with their own parents and how many times they talk to each other every day. I don't even do that with my own father. Um, mm-hmm. And so, if, but I do know that if I wanted to call their, if I wanted to call my biological father, he'd answer the phone. It's trying to find that that medium like of connection because what is there to talk about? Um, and the same with my brothers and sisters. We can all relate. Some of us play sports. Some of us cook. Some of us are analytical. Like there's a lot of a wide range of the collection of of what the family looks like. It, it just it, it's just a, it, it's a different situation with everyone and what they're comfortable with too. Because you're not trying to push anybody. You're not trying to take somebody's father away from them that they grew up with. You're just trying to like fit in somewhere, you know? And because it was all done out of love, there's no animosity in any direction. It's just kind of like where everybody kind of fits and where everybody resides in their own bubble. I don't know. It's the best way to say it. Yeah. But again, it was all, it was all, it was a great story. You know, and there's, there's, there's a lot more intricate details that play into this that, Time doesn't really allow, but the, the gist of it is. Oh my gosh, we have like five questions waiting here. Hold on. <laughs> um, did your older brother find his biological father? So yeah, um, to jump ahead, after I did the test, my, my, my brother that I grew up with did his test. Um, mm-hmm. That's when we found out we were biologically half-brothers. Um, it did. I, I don't remember exactly how it played out, but it did connect him with a half brother or sister mm-hmm. um, and through, I think it was a sister at first, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he was able to put the pieces together on his end and mm-hmm. has basically found, I believe three brothers and a sister. Wow. I th- and I, if I'm not wrong, one brother was the sperm donors biological son and the mm-hmm. other ones were products of sperm donation as well. He did um, isolate who the father is. So my brother did figure out who his biological father was. Unfortunately for him, his father has is deceased. Wow! But um, he does have some amazing brothers um, and sisters. And, and coincidentally, on my brother's behalf, his test came back ninety nine percent Ashkenazi Jew. Wow. But that's totally coincidental. Um, so if he had actually done this test before me, probably nothing would have actually stood out unless unless it told him about the half brother, which I don't exactly remember, mm-hmm. but if he had done the test, nothing would have stood out. So, but because I did the test, it's, it did. And then yeah. since then I've also done ancestry.com as well as about three other platforms that you can upload your DNA data into because there is a possibility that there are other sperm donor children out there, oh my um, gosh. but you don't know unless you actually do the test. Yeah. But, but but that's also that's also only possible if if the donation actually worked and produced a child. It's unfortunately possible that one of those it could have produced a child, but the child could be deceased, or if they just haven't done the test. So if if you do one test but not the other, it's never going to connect you. Right. So you have to kind of do them all. There is a service that you can upload your data into, which is actually what is used by 
law enforcement to oh, try and find all these criminals. Um, and that's an, that's a website on, all on its own. But um, to simplify everything, you, you kind of got to do them all if you're looking for something. And now we're kind of looking for something. Um, right. is, there any, is there any more of us out there? What's the service that lets you cross-reference the DNA um, data? Do you remember the name of it? Yeah, it's a website called Jedmatch, G-E-D-Match. It's a very rough-looking website. It's very data-driven. It's not pretty by any means. If you've done any of the tests, like 23andMe or Ancestry or MyHeritage, you can download your raw data and upload that raw data into that website called Jedmatch, G-E-D-Match, and it will connect you with people who've done the same thing. Because 23andMe and Ancestry will not let you upload data into them. You actually have to do the, 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 the tests. There are websites like MyHeritage, um, FTDNA, that will let you upload data, but 23andMe and Ancestry will not. So financially, people, some people just can't do all the tests that are out there. So right. GEDmatch acts as mediary, basically, and just manages that raw data to help you connect to other people. And that's, the, like I said, the website that's used by government agencies to work with. Wow, that's amazing. There's a couple of people here that actually mentioned that they're working on their own. I encourage people to do it, um, but proceed with caution because you don't know what you're going to find. Um, I have a very good friend that is on this call that just did this, knows she's adopted, but has no interest whatsoever of contacting of finding out who her parents are. She wanted to do it for the health statistics, right? Mm -hmm. So that's great. But you, you need to know when you go into this what you could potentially find and, and yeah. the doors that it can open. Because like me, I did it out of curiosity and it opened doors that I never knew were possible. I think you have probably the best possible attitude when learning, you know, the the stories, the results. So I think it's, I think it's just absolutely beautiful that, that you were, you know, so receptive and open. You're just very open. I mean, I just think there, there's no reason not to be, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it's funny. Like growing up, my brother and I made jokes with my mother about our <laughs> father. Like, mom, how's that guy our dad? Like we, we weren't very close. We weren't very close to our father growing up. I great, great guy. Give us the shirt off his back. Give us any dime that he had. But we just weren't close, like, with, with hobbies, things in common. So just jokingly through the years, we would tell our mother, like, mother, mom, how is that guy our father? Like, jokingly. Right. And then sure as shit, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom is like, I don't know. <laughs> well, can you imagine every time we told her that, she was like, he's not? But she <laughs> I can't thank you enough for, for sharing your story. Um, it's a beautiful love story in my eyes and in the eyes, I think, of everyone now that, that they've heard it. Um, so thank you. Um, I don't know if anybody else has any other questions um, or if you, um, Danny, want to share anything else you know, with us. I mean, I think that's the gist of it. Like I said, there are a lot of more like in intricate details that you know go through all that but the overall i think synopsis is just go into it with an open mind if you're going to do it you got to know what you're getting into people are doing all these tests because they're on sale 
for Christmas or on sale for Thanksgiving. Yeah. They don't realize what they could be walking into with no, mm-hmm. with no forethought. Like, so, and there are a lot of secrets. I mean, I have friends that are also on this call that know secrets that they hope other people don't find out because it's going to create a whole other story. <laughs> um, they're like, yeah. wait, wait until our cousin does this test because it's going to find out they've been lied to their whole life. Um, and it's, it's kind of like a waiting game. So it's all fun, but you got to go into it with an open mind too, because you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and know that there's a possibility, like I said, the DNA does not lie. Thank you so much for sharing and thanks for, for the awesome message. You're welcome. Thank you guys. Thanks for, for joining us. Bye. Bye.